<laughs> we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino, and two. I guess my I left my right. I don't know because it's reversed for you. I guess on your right, my left, whatever it may be. Former Saints wide receiver Terrence Copper, T Cop. What's happening, man? Blake, what's going on, man? Not much. It's a busy week in sports. You know, uh, I know this is a Saints show, but NCAA baseball is going on. The LSU Tigers lost, but your ECU Pirates and the Fighting Cliff Godwins are Let's on go. to the Supers. I, I I see Cliff Godwin. Did you know, though, TC, he is a former LSU assistant, so technically, technically he learned everything from the Bayou, but nevertheless, <laughs> the ECU Pirates are on their way to the Supers. I'm telling and we hosting it right here in Greenville. Huge for Greenville. Huge. Look, Texas rolling in here next week. Well, this week, they rolling in on Friday. I, I, I got to be. All right. So listen, 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 <laughs> listen. I, I love the people from the state of Texas. I, I, I love them. You know, great people, whatever. I pray to sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> if, if, if Jesus were six pounds, eight ounces, and wore a tuxedo T-shirt and was in the front row of a Leonard Skinner concert, Please, God, <laughs> please, God, beat the hell out of Texas. That's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> I mean, the only good thing that I can remember that comes out of Texas, it's not the Cowboys, because, you know, I know you played for them, but, you know, I have a little hatred for the Cowboys. The only good thing is Walker, Texas Ranger. My grandfather watched Walker, Texas Ranger, and mm-hmm. so Trevette was my favorite, believe it or not. In the eyes of a ranger. Y'all got to beat him, TC. You got to beat him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should beat him. Hopefully we beat him. I ain't going to say we should, but hopefully we beat him. Well, look, this is a this is a Saints podcast, so we got to talk about the Saints. Nevertheless, TC's joining us. Uh, TC, let's do this. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Mike Thomas returns to practice, which was a little bit of my question to you last week, how big of it is, is it really that guys miss OTAs, veterans, and you talked about, well, you want to be there. And Mike Thomas was there in essence. I mean, he was on the at the facility, but he returns to practice today. What do you think as a former NFL wide receiver, what does it really mean for the Saints that, that he's back? Uh, and Donovan Sue, you know, a lot of people either love him or hate him, but nevertheless, I, I think you need some help in the interior. Uh, David Onyemata's gone, so do you sign and Dom can sue? We'll talk about that, and then we'll go story time with TC. So I, I don't know if this is a plan, but it sounds like a good one to me. I love it, man. Let's roll. Okay. Well, let's do this. Everybody hit the like and share. Share your Facebook groups. So many of you joining us here on Facebook. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. Launching the New Saints podcast here on the live stream on Believe with our good partners over at Believe Podcast. Everybody, follow it. Tell your mama tell you daddy i know you ate red beans yesterday and all that kind of stuff so you got to hit the like and share share facebook groups subscribe to youtube and all that good stuff let's pay some bills very quickly with our good partners over at ben online and our good friends over at xm radio we'll be back in 30 seconds terrence copper is about to tell you why mike thomas being back is a humongous deal our partners over at ben online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking? 
to win the World Series. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head on over to their website. Use BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. All right, so listen. I don't I, I want to ask you this. I want your mm-hmm. opinion, T C. Okay. Um, I think that something was going on with Mike Thomas and Sean Payton. I I, I don't I, I from the outside looking in, okay, and I know this is a really fast way to hit you with it, but I can't mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about it. we haven't talked about this because I've been waiting for this since episode mm-hmm. one. I feel like Mike Thomas is getting a horrible rap. I think Mike mm-hmm. Thomas was asked to play for Drew Brees in one last hoorah to make it to the Super Bowl, and Sean Payton made him out to be the villain. Now, I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong. But the man's had two surgeries, and he's been in rehab for over a year and a half. As someone who tore their ACL twice, it I would TC, I would rather do bear crawls and punishment runs before I have to do any type of rehab on any lower body, anything on my lower body. I will mm-hmm. do anything from the waist up. Okay, right. shoulder, hands, back, and back's horrible, but when it's mm-hmm. on your lower body, it is it is hell on you. Mm-hmm. Mike Thomas is back, focused, locked, ready, and ready to go, locked, crocked, and ready to go. Man, what do you make of all this with Mike Thomas? You know what? What kind of had me confused or had had my flags go up was when he did have his surgery. How late that he had his surgery, you know, because he had his surgery, you know, it was it was late in the game when he had his, usually after the season's over, right? As soon as the season's over, with, you have a surgery or something like that. But he didn't have his surgery until it was almost training camp again. You know, what I want to say is like the summertime, maybe. Yeah, he pulled a Scottie Pippen. Exactly. I'm gonna have so, I'm gonna have surgery on your time, not my time. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's when my antennas went up because usually that don't happen. You know, so I don't really know everything that's going on, but I knew something was going on. The fact that just the fact that he had surgery so late before the season was coming up. So that's why I was like, oh, something's going on. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm just glad he's back. Uh, I'm glad he's focused and he's ready to roll. How often do you talk to your head coaches in the NFL in the offseason? Not at all. Okay. It, position coaches, any trainers, anybody in the offseason? You might talk to some trainers if you have something going on. Like if, if during the offseason, if I sprain an ankle or something like that, during the offseason with me training or I might be out hooping or something like that and I sprain an ankle or pull a hamstring, I might call the trainers, ask the trainer, okay, what I need to do, what you recommend. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody in this area you recommend me to go to, to see, to rehab? Uh, but usually you don't talk to your coaches during the off. When I say the offseason, I'm talking about the offseason when you're home, not OTAs. And that's oh, right, right, right. Like I, right. I'm talking about March, April, May, June, or, or, or you know, the early, like when you're not in OTAs. I'm talking about not like, yet. right. Just when you're home, the season's over with, and you're home just relaxing. No, you don't talk to you usually don't talk to your coaches uh, because at the end of the day you're trying to get away from football. 
this is your time to get a break from it. Mm-hmm. You know, so now nah, you don't really have a lot of conversation with your head coach or your position coach because they try to do the exact same thing. The football season is a grind from whenever they start up April till January <clears throat> if you don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a grind not just for the players but for the coaching staff. So once the season is over with, everybody, they're gone. They're trying to go on vacation. They're trying to relax. They're trying to unwind and get their mind right and get their bodies back right for the upcoming year, the next for the offseason. So it's not a lot of communicating with coaches unless, you know, you're a free agent and they're trying to get you to come in for a workout or something like that. But if you're already on the team, there's not a lot of conversation with the coaches during the, during the offseason when you're home. So my <laughs> – I don't want to. I don't want to ask you the tough question of who's right and who's wrong here. I think both mm-hmm. parties are, have a little bit to blame. But you have a hundred million dollar wide receiver. You would think if he's not showing up, the coach's staff would. I mean, you know, here's my only thing. You know that he's hurt. You know that he's not talking to trainers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is on Mickey. I don't know if this is on Jeff. I don't know if this is on Gail. I don't know if this is on Sean. I I don't know what I don't know. What mm-hmm. I do know is. Is Sean Payton was the president of the Saints when he was there, and clearly there was a disconnect with Mike Thomas somewhere. So, look, I mean, we just renewed our se- our Saints season tickets. You know, I know that you're going to get me on the sideline, and me and me, you and Gil are going to drink my ties and watch us beat down the Falcons and all that this season. But never the- nevertheless, I-, I know. Look, there's one thing that I-, I there's three things I know: offensive line play, a good thin crust pizza when I have it, and body language. When okay. Sean Payton talked to Mike Thomas, and I saw it with my own eyes, it looked like they hated each other. Like, mm. you know, and so I, I don't know if I – look, I, I come in here with you to conspiracy theories, but basically I'm bringing the fan rumor to the to the actual player. What is actually going on? Some Something's got to be up. Now – Look, here's what I'll say, and maybe you can allude to this. I don't know if you ever had ankle or foot surgery or anything like that. Sometimes it takes longer. Now, like, I'll give an example, TC. I pulled my MCL. I think I pulled it. Yeah, pulled it. Well, Mm -hmm. rehab. They were like, rehab, rehab, rehab. Well, nothing worked. You know, like, I I go the whole offseason, and nothing works. Mm -hmm. Then you got to go in there, and you got to clean it up. You got to tighten things up, and everything's got to be good to go, right? I don't know if that's what happened with Mike Thomas, but the lack of you know you know what's the number one problem with with the re- relationships and married people, the lack of communication. communication. <laughs> there we go. I, look, like I tell my wife, baby, I can't read your mind. Now I know what she wants, and you know I've been with her long enough, but you know I mean it's a lack of communication. But he's here now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you something. We talked about Tyron Matthew a couple weeks ago. We talked about Jarvis Landry. We talked about Demario Davis and the leadership that they bring. They calling some dudes out now. Like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, bro. You know, like, it's something, TC, and I, I would ask you this. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming later in your playing career, you wanted a Super Bowl really badly. Right. I would assume. Right. I, I would assume Tyron, Demario Davis. Demario Davis isn't a spring chicken anymore. Probably the best linebacker in the league, but these guys want to win a Super Bowl. And a, and a locked-in Mike Thomas is the biggest offseason move that the Saints could ever have. Having the uh, top two wide receiver back in the, back on your team is the biggest thing that can happen for you all offseason. Agree or disagree? Oh, I agree 100%. I 
I agree 100 percent. And and him being out to practice, because there's one thing where because he's a leader in that in that locker room. He's a leader, no especially in that receiver room. He's a leader, you know, and, and you respect him as a leader. But there's one thing when your leader is not playing, you know, he, he haven't played. He didn't play last year. He's on the sideline or he's just I can say just chilling, but he's he's not playing. So there's one thing when your leader's not playing and he's leading from uh, from the sideline. And there's another thing when your leader is out there and he's in no trenches with you and he's out there grinding with you, he's practicing with you. You know, that's another type of leadership as well, because now you kind of don't get me wrong. You're not you're never going to disrespect your leaders on the team, but it comes off differently when they out there in the trenches with you Mm -hmm. and they grinding with you. You know, it just the words that they tell you, it, it means more mm-hmm. when they're out there with you grinding compared to, you know, they're in a training room and they're trying to coach you up. You're going to listen to him because he's still got good information that you can get coached up by. But it's a different feel when he out there grinding with you. You know, you, you take you take it more to heart. I'll never forget. Um, I'm not going to say the player and I'm not going to say if it was high school or college I, because I don't want to call this person out if they're listening. Mm-hmm. Um we had a dual sport athlete, okay, when I was playing football. And and TC, I was busting my ass all season, all off season. Like, you know, man, like you don't and people don't realize this, okay, you gotta bust your ass or you'll get your ass busted, okay, right. in the off season. Like that people don't realize the work it takes. Like, mm-hmm. oh well, you only gotta train for two hours a day. No, dog, it don't it, it don't work like that. Right. Um and I think that you hit the nail on the head when you say it's different when somebody's on the field with you training, running, going through. TC, in Louisiana, it's 102 degrees, bro. I, 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 you know, I turn on my, uh, my vehicle today, and the, uh, the, the radar thing says 107. Okay, that's what my car is when I, when I pop in that thing. Okay, mm-hmm. it gets hot down here in the boot. So, yep. so I say that to say this. A dual sport athlete comes in after baseball season's over and starts trying to talk all this noise and talk all this crap, try to lead. Now, I don't have a problem with you leading, but you better come in here and lead by example first before you start yapping and you start chalking that stuff. Because, dog, with all due respect, when we put these pads on, I'm going to knock your ass out. And excuse my (laughs) language, but it's just the truth. It's the best thing for this team whether if he's going one rep or a thousand reps is Mike Thomas being out there with a helmet on and and, and a jersey on because Mm -hmm. it's just the thought process of, hey, man, Mike might be really hurting, okay, but at least he's out here giving it to – or giving us the business. And Mm -hmm. with all due respect, I respect Mike Thomas – let me tell you this. I respect Mike Thomas more now with what he was going through and Jameis meeting him at his house to get him here – versus him not showing up. TC, I, I counted this today, and let me look at my notes. This is from Ian Rappaport of NFL.com. We all know who Rappaport is at this point. Yep. 17 guys didn't show up for mandatory uh, training camp today. 17 across the league. Okay. Mike Thomas could have been one of those guys, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. And for that, I and look, I know that you these guys and you and, and, and guys in the NFL get, a lot of pay, get paid a lot of money. But your your mental, your your physical, it means a lot, though. Mm-hmm. It does it does? And and the fact that he's back out there, um, he needs to be back out there for himself anyway. Right. If, if you put the team, if you put the team to the side for a second, 
he didn't play last year. You know, he was on the couch rehabbing, whatever he was doing. He needs to get back out on the field because you can, at the end of the day, you can work out and you can do conditioning all you want. You can do agility and speed and agility drills to get back. But there's nothing like, like being out there and playing football because there's certain movements in the game of football when you're out there with live bullets coming at you or practicing full speed that you can't simulate when you're training. Right. You know, so he need those movements. He needs to see how that ankle's going to hold up when he got to make a movement that he doesn't know he have to until he does. You know, so all of these so things true. comes into play. That's why he, for himself, just personally, forget the team, just for himself, he needs to, he needed to be back out there and get used to those movements again. Hey, did you have – I mean, I'm assuming you're a wide receiver. I mean, this happens very often at your position. Did you have a lower body injury during your playing, t playing career? I did. I tore my MCL, not to the point where I had to have surgery, but it healed back on its own. I tore my MCL. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, and, and I would assume – so, me and you are probably in the same boat here. It, it, at least for me, it was a mental warfare. It's a mental game. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, was it the, I, the physical was always going to be there. My knee wasn't going to fall off. It was probably better right. than my knee was probably better <laughs> constructed by Dr. Andrews than it was, uh, you know, the, the, the first time around than it was, it was probably the second time around than the first time around. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. When you're going up and you're jumping over Tyron Matthew or, or Marcus Lattimore, and you got to come down on that ankle to get in bounds. That's a big deal. You got to be had the confidence to be able to come down because you're not going to come down the game if you're scared, bro. Nope, you won't. You won't. That'll be a that'll be an incomplete pass. You damn, you're not going to get them toes in because, uh, like you said, because of the mental part. Mentally, you don't trust that ankle or you don't trust that knee to bring it down. So it'll be it'll be incomplete. So you hitting it right on the head. It's the mental part when it comes to healing. I think it's I think it's the biggest thing outside of I think Tyron Matthew is the biggest offseason thing that happened. I think equally or tied or maybe slightly number two is Mike Thomas today. It's it, it, it mm -hmm. it's a massive story that's going unnoticed. And look, Jameis Winston. Now we're we're trying to find and we're not complete on this advanced stats that we've pulled on Jameis Winston. Jameis might be over eighty five percent completion percentage on quick slants. The best quick slant thrower in the league, Mike Thomas. And I don't care if he wants to fight C.J. Garner-Johnson because he calls him a slant runner. Brother, I mean, look, you're the best. You could be the best receiver in the game. It, Jerry Rice ran more slants than anybody in the history of the game, and he would separate from you. So what you run a slant? Take that, take that thing to the house, man. It don't matter. It doesn't yep. matter. what C.J.'s just trying to get in your head, bro. It doesn't That's matter. It. That's it. it. At the end of the day, somebody got to run the slant. Somebody, somebody got to catch it. Somebody got to do it. It might as well be him. But yeah, that's all he's trying. He's just trying to get in his head. Yeah, he's I, just trying to get in his head. Run that slant for a touchdown, baby. Run that slant for a right. touchdown. All right. Last thing on Michael Thomas that I'd ask you here. Um, outside of the connection with Jameis, is there anything that and, and the injury? Is there anything else that would benefit him for being out there today? I mean, look. I mean, I know the route running and the timing and all that. It, it, do you think that maybe the camaraderie is the biggest thing uh, that that goes unnoticed in all of this? Yeah, I'm telling you, just to have your, just to have your guys, all your guys out there, just to have all the receiving core out there playing together, uh, getting that chemistry with the with the quarterback, that stuff is huge, man. It's it's huge, and you can't put a you can't put a dollar sign on it on on the the leadership that it brings seeing him out there. You know, everybody know how good a receiver he is. 
And just the fact that you get a chance to see him out there with the guys, uh, that team camaraderie, uh, with the younger receivers that's that's playing, he can give some leadership as well while he's out there with them. You know, so it's it's big that he's back. And like I said, it's, it's not talked about a lot, but it's huge that he's back on the field. The biggest person that benefits from all of this, Ohio State first-round pick Chris Olave. Right. Okay, I mean. Right, I agree. And, and look, I, I – I, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, and I don't know if the Saints picked him because of Mike, this kid because of Mike Thomas. I think they think he could play. There's something with those Ohio State guys, though, man. I, I, I mean, he's kind of taking taking him under his wing, you know. And, and so they they've been together everywhere. He's showing them the, the city, taking him out to eat, paying for it, which is I think a big deal for a rookie guy. You don't see yep. that a lot. So I think he's the biggest benefactor benefactor in all of this i, I want to move to this next topic though because a lot of people with david on not returning and the interior of the saints defensive line a lot of people have asked you sign a dime can sue um look sue has been known to be a very dirty player at times i think that that's a little bit in his past he's married with a kid i my wife see you know follows him on tiktok it, I think he's a lot more calm and settled down, and it's more focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's winning a Super Bowl. TC, I'd sign him. I, I, I don't know if, if the if you can make the money right. Um, I, I mean, look, I don't know if he's a first – I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think eventually he gets into the Hall of Fame. I think you try to get every ounce of a Dominican suit that you can, and he played for your rival last season. Mm-hmm. But what is you? We you? I think you talked about this last week, and you talked about like, hey man, when a when a former when a pl- another player comes in, it could really mess up a locker room. I'm not saying that Don Kinsu is that guy, but man, he's had his past with players. Uh, would you sign him? Man, I'm signing him right now. <laughs> I'm signing. Look, I'm signing him right now, and I want his nasty to come with him. Bring hey. your nasty with you. Now I, you gotta have it. Sorry, I, I feel like, sorry, I was trying to interrupt you, but keep going. So I, I want him to bring his nasty with him. Of course, I don't want him to get penalties all the time, but push the envelope. You a D lineman. It ain't nothing but it ain't nothing nice or sweet or or pretty pictures. It ain't nothing in those trenches down there that look like that. You know, so you want he gotta be nasty. You want him to bring that nasty. You gotta have it. So yeah, I'm signing him. And bring you nasty because we gonna need it. Now I never called him David Onyemata, whether tweeting or talking about him. I called him Onyemama. David's Onyemama. Um, look, the the biggest thing that affects guys like Tom Brady is interior rush. And quite honestly, if there's 55, 60 plays in a game, if you get to him once, that's all you really need. Okay, mm-hmm. he can get to the quarterback once, whether it be a sack or just pressuring him or getting the hit off on him. And he knows Tom Brady at this point. If you can find three, four, five, six, seven million dollars to sign him, you do it. Because yeah. here's the way I see it, TC. And we have some questions in the chat about Alvin Kamara. We've talked about that at length all the other shows. We're not going to bring it up here for the current moment. But I think that there's a point here. If you can't find a running game within the first six to eight weeks, your defense is going to have to show up like they did last season to even give you a chance to get into the playoff. Right. You here's the way that I see it. You have the guys that can rush. You have the guys at linebacker. You obviously have the secondary. TC, what they don't have on this defense and what could be a crutch on them 
It's when a team lines up and tries to run the ball down in the interior, it can be a problem. And that's why I think Ndamukong Sue breaks that mold of, TC, this not only could be, if you sign him, a really good defense, it could easily be the best defense in the league. Okay? So, I'm not saying Ndamukong Sue gets you to a Super Bowl, but it, on paper, on paper, I can make the argument it's the best defense in the league if you do sign him. Mm-hmm. But the interior of that defensive line really worries me. Um, would that worry you if a team like Tampa in your division – and look, let's be honest, Arthur Smith I think is a good play caller for the Atlanta Falcons. Look, he, mm-hmm. he, 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 he made shit out of gold, quite honestly, last he season. Did. And he, they want to run the football, and that's why they signed a guy like Marcus Mariota that can move in the pocket. Um, I, I, I worry about that position. I, 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 I defer to you on that though. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, everything you just said, I agree with you. I just, I feel like you got it. I'm going to say you have to sign him, but if you can sign him, you need to sign him. Uh, and like you say, again, I'm real big on, on leadership and, and learning the game from the veterans. Mm -hmm. And if you're a young D lineman, or even if you you ain't got to be a young D lineman, but it's so much you can learn from him, you know, and that could prolong your career, you know, just it. And, and when I'm saying learning from somebody, it can be the, the smallest detail of something that he teaches you and it make a world of difference. One small detail he could teach you that can make a world of difference, even when it comes to your hand placement or uh, just certain things like that, your, your footwork or certain uh, techniques that he could teach you. It's little things like that that he could teach you or when it comes to watching film, hmm. uh, keys to pick up when he's when it comes to watching film. Because at the end of the day, we all pros, we all professionals, but everybody still don't know how to watch film. They probably can watch film, but they don't know what they're, they're looking at sometimes. You know, they're just watching it. TC, did you see, I think it's the Pivot Podcast with guys like Ryan Clark. Shout out to Ryan Clark, Louisiana guy. I think it was on the Pivot Podcast. I could be wrong. Did you see the clip of Aaron Donald talking about breaking down film by chance? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, quite honestly, I, I don't mean this in any wrong way, okay? And I shouldn't have assumed and made an ass out of myself in assuming this. Listening to Aaron Donald, the best player in the game, talk about breaking down film, you can't pay, okay? Meaning... There's no amount of money for him being the highest paid, which today he was named the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. But you don't. there's not a price tag on a guy that when he breaks down film knows that there's going to be a zone, zone blocking scheme to the left or the right, and him teaching a young defensive lineman that. Why did Michael Brockers get paid? Oh, so he had a guy by the name of Aaron Donald next to him and why he's one of the best run stoppers in the league. And I think for a guy like Shy Tuttle, for example, who we've seen has had flashes, there is something that Ndallakin Sue knows about defense, or I mean offensive line, that he's going to be able to teach these young guys. And quite honestly, if it comes from Ndallakin Sue versus Dennis Allen or Ryan Nielsen, it's a completely di- big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Because that guy's a Hall of Famer, and Dennis Allen right now currently is not. It comes right. from a different light. Mm-hmm. Right, and I give you another example of of guys that that has taken other guys on their wings and their career just kind of taken off. Uh, 
like I said, we, this, is, this is Saints podcast, but when I was in Kansas City, uh, there's a guy by the name of Tom Bahali. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Bahali. Well, we drafted a guy named uh, Justin. What is Justin's last name? Justin Houston. Mm-hmm. Justin Houston. Shout out to number 99, Justin Houston. Exactly. Tomba took him under his wing and showed him the ropes. I'm talking about, and when I'm talking about Tomba, first of all, you got to understand, Tom Ali is probably one of the hardest working defensive ends that ever played the game. He he worked on his craft all the time. Before games, before games, when we out there a couple of hours before the game, just warming up, not with our equipment on, we out there in just uh, workout clothes, T-shirts and shorts. Tomba is going through an entire routine an entire play script he is when he come in to, get, to put his uniform on he is drenched like he <laughs> just got finished getting out of the pool that's how much he's sweating so he plays the game and then gets dressed and go back out and play the game that's insane. you know that's insane it's crazy his work ethic and so you when you have guys like a justin houston that comes in and can get mentored by him. And Justin Houston became a hundred million dollar defensive end. Right. You know? And so that's why it's huge to get these veterans that's proven veterans that have great work ethics uh, that come in and to kind of show your younger guys the ropes and how to be a professional, how to go about your business, how to watch film, how to break film down, uh, keys to look at. So it's just, it's huge if we could sign them not, not even just on, you know, what he can do on the football field, but what he can do for the next guy beside him that's on the team. He can help elevate his career as well. How to eat. I mean, yeah. let, let, let's be honest. I mean, you have universities like LSU, Bama, Tennessee, Florida, A&M that have these nutrition centers. The kid, the kid at southeastern Louisiana doesn't. And instead of going getting too hot and spicy, he's a large fry on a Diet Coke. Okay, you can do something else. And I, I, I think that that small stuff adds up. Like when you saw J.J. Watt, and I know this is Saints podcast, but it's all relative to what we're talking about with the Saints. When you That's see right. J.J. Watt going to bed, uh, working out, uh, practice, working out at 8, from 8 to 8.45, shower in bed by 9.15, Sleeps from 9.15 to 9.15 because if he doesn't give 12 hours, his body's not going to recover correctly. I mean, mm. hell, Tom Brady's getting drunk, but he's drinking avocado tequila that has zero <laughs> calories in it. <laughs> I, I mean, first off, shout out to avocado tequila. Don't knock it till you try it. But I'm, I, I, I'm just saying. Uh, we do have some questions firing in here for us. Ant Marshall from the Golden Boot Podcast says, hashtag ask the guys. How worried are you about offensive line? Outside of Ramchek and McCoy, there's questions at the other spots. Um, a you good can answer that one. Yeah, a, a good question. I don't – let me – let me. I think two things can be true at once, okay? Meaning, guys, you got to get off Andrus Pete. okay? I understand he's hurt a lot, and you got to be worried about that. There's no taking back from there. He's never played a full season healthy, and I get that. I know that when he whiffs on blocks, it looks really bad. Um, but there's a reason why players and coaches vote him and, and think that he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Because TC, he is. The problem is he, you're not getting all 17 games out of him, and you're going to need a, a guard, backup guard that can play both right and left. I think Cesar Ruiz, we talked about this last week. I think Cesar Ruiz is a center. I, I don't know what you do with Eric McCoy, but 
Cesar Ruiz could be the best center, in my opinion, a position that I played for a long time in my life. I think he could be the best center in the league. I fully believe that. And then you got Trevor Penning. I don't know what you're going to get out of him with left tackle. I've never seen him play in the NFL. I don't know that. So a little bit I'm I'm worried, TC. But I think the O-line will be fine. I think Ramchek, Pro Bowl. I think McCoy can make a Pro Bowl. I think Cesar Ruiz, again, I still see the talent, and I think Andrews Pete's fine. Uh, but I do – I think there's a little worry, personally. I, I think one thing that can help that offensive line out, and, and I know it's cliche, but we got to be able to run the ball. That'll help them out tremendously if we can – establish a run game uh, and have a and have a uh, a good run game this year that'll help the offense line out tremendously but if you gotta if you don't have a run game and you constantly had having to pass set and put these old linemen where d line can just pin their ears back and just rush the rush, rush the passer you know it, it's gonna be a disadvantage you know so we gotta be able, agree. We gotta be able to run the ball people don't and, and look i think ants right here he talks about andrews pete's health and i i, I agree with him i mean, it does worry me People don't realize, though, TC, at least for me, you can't throw the ball 50 times unless you have to and your offensive line's not going to f- eventually break down, okay? Right. Look, when you get in the advanced levels of this game, like where you've been, yes, you want your offensive line to get a push. I'm not saying you don't. But a lot of times these guys aren't going to get a push, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of times. Now, they may, okay, the good ones do, Zach Martin – uh, Quentin Nelson, both play for Brian Kelly, LSU. Just throwing that out there. I'm not going to say I'm an LSU fan, LSU podcast, AYS Sports. But either way, those guys make it because they can get a push up front. But majority of the other guys, it's pray to God that Aaron Donald messes up and you seal him off. That's what makes good offensive line play is getting your body. Andrew Whitworth. And because it's a Louisiana podcast, Saints podcast, you know why Andrew Whitworth played like 97 years in the league? It's not because he was pushing guys around. It's because he's a big body and he could get in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, you're going to be a pro bowler. I'll never <laughs> forget, uh, TC, who is the right guard that played with you, uh, with the Saints with you guys? Oh, God. Um, uh, was it Zach Streif? No, Streif was the tackle. Was it uh, Jari Evans? Jari Evans, yep. So, Jari. Jar- yeah, Jari Evans, I- I'll never forget this. There was like a little uh, booty boot camp <laughs> for, for, for young men, uh, for young fat offensive linemen, and Jari Evans was there. And he goes, just mirror the fool. And I'll never forget, he had these gold chains on, and he didn't have a mohawk, but I'm like, this guy be Mr. T's brother, bro. Like he had the gold rings, the gold chains, and I'm like, I want to be that when I grow up. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, he talked about it. Just mirrored the dude. I I, I mean, mm-hmm. people saying other things are are foolish on how th- you're you're not going to physically dominate uh, Aaron Donald. <laughs> right. It, it's just not going to happen because he's going to make not you look happen. like a fool. Uh, we not got another one here from Lonnie. It says hashtag Ask Us. Which free agent running back do you think that we that we need that is still available? Look, TC, we're going to answer this question until Alvin Kamara's decisions made. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's one out there's there's not one back in the league that can make up for what he's done. None. I don't even know who's out there. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I, I really don't either. Yeah, I have no so, idea. I, but but like you said, I think it's going to be by committee until he get back. Because, because honestly, 
if if it's if it's one running back out there that can do what or replace Kamari, uh, Alvin is he's already on the team somewhere. You know, he he's already signed on the team somewhere. You know, if it's a guy out there like that, he's already signed. You know, so it got to be by committee. Well, and I think you can do other things in the passing game to help out your run. Flare routes, quick screens, whatever, quick slants, whatever it is, to extension of the running game. But we'll look. Throw a bubble. <laughs> throw a bubble, th- to do something. Mm-hmm. Zone read. Can Jameis mm-hmm. get out? You know, can you run an RPO? Um, let me ask you this, because I said RPO. There are some RPOs in the NFL – but there really isn't a whole – like, outside of Kansas City, okay, you don't see a lot of teams running a lot of RPO concepts like you see in college football. Now, ECU, y'all are throwing it all over the place. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all throw it 96,000 times a game too, Uh, but y'all run a lot of RPO stuff. Uh, Why do you think – because, look, football is cyclical. You know, usually it starts in high school, then it makes its – obviously makes its way to college. That's when eventually it makes its way to the NFL – the NFL perfects it. One team perfects it. If you notice, one team in the NFL always is going to perfect what is the new trend. That was Kansas City with the RPO. Why do you think other other teams in the league aren't able to run it as effectively as we've seen the RPO game just become so prevalent in today from high school, college, and some in the NFL? You know what? I, I talk about this a lot when it comes to – uh, just the offense, of course, not even RPOs. I understand we're talking about RPOs, but just running the spread uh, the way all these college teams are doing. That's just not the NFL DNA. Mm-hmm. That's that's not our DNA. We're going to give you – put it this way. If you're an NFL team that comes out in the same look like colleges do, just come out in the spread the entire time, you're going to get ate up <laughs> because – because these defensive coordinators are going to figure you out and they're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So you got to have multiple looks. You got to come out in the eye sometimes. You got to come out in the offset uh, sometimes. You got to come out in the one back sometimes. Sometimes you might come out in the pistol. You know, so it's so many looks that you're giving these defenses that they got to prepare for. If you come out in the spread the entire time, guess what? They know what you're coming out in. Right. You know, they can they can game plan that so much easier compared to when somebody come out and that's going to give you multiple looks. And don't get me wrong. We're going to run the spread in the NFL, but that's a that's more of a package that we have. That's not what we do. That's not anything. That's our base package in college. The spread is their base package. They don't even get in the center anymore in college. And which is crazy. To me. I know East Carolina don't put it that way. No, they don't. <laughs> So well, it's, well, it's like uh, who's the the uh, not Sandy the Chargers uh, Justin Herbert. They asked Justin Herbert. I remember the uh, God. This is not a paid promotion for HBO Hard Knocks, but he fumbled the snap, and the great Anthony Lynn asked him, "Son, why do you keep fumbling the snap?" He goes, "Coach, I've never taken a snap under center." That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. TC man. the the kid's never taken a snap under center. And it's not his fault, really. Nope. You know, it, nope, it's, it's not, not his. It's not his fault. There's a huge difference from a center exchange. There's a huge difference when a guy's under center and when a guy isn't a gun. I don't know. Listen to me. 
I, I don't know why this is. I think it's because of splits and you don't know what someone's doing from under center. It's easier, as crazy as this is, it's easier to run the football when the quarterback's under center because guys spread out more defensively. You can't be as spread out when someone's under center because a quick 32, 31, whatever you want, 30, draw, whatever it may be, you can't – it's a quick hitter, okay? And yeah. you got to get moving. You can't be spread out. It, it's those small little integral things that the NFL does. Tom Brady does it. Look, we we see the great – every quarterback that is a Pro Bowl quarterback, at least four or five times a game, at minimum, at minimum, are going under center. TC, yeah. you got to to be able to run the football. Hey, you, you, you have and, to. And let me ask, and let me ask you this: Kansas City is so good, right? But the problem they have is running the ball. Well, they're out of shotgun ninety-five percent of the time. Why do you yep. think they have issues with running the ball? Because Mahomes doesn't get that offensive line doesn't get any relief. Nope, nope. And and another thing that I, I kind of dislike when it comes to college and the pros is the fact in, in college that. They don't really huddle anymore. You know, everybody's running that <laughs> up tempo. Mm -hmm. And and this is one thing you're missing when you're not huddling. You miss when you go back to that huddle, whether you're whether y'all struggling at that point in time, or whether you know the play you just ran didn't work, or whatever it is, you miss that getting back to the huddle and looking your teammates in the eye and y'all having that moment of okay. Let's go. We can do it, or whatever it is. Any whatever the encouraging words that your that your quarterback gonna say, or your center he's gonna say. Let's f and go. Let's get ourselves together. It's that piece right there that you miss when you don't huddle, mm -hmm. because that is a big piece of that team camaraderie. When you can get back to that huddle when when y'all struggling and you can look your teammates in the eye and y'all can talk to each other just to get yourself. It ain't gotta be a whole paragraph. It can just be a few words that your that your center may say, or your or somebody on the on in that huddle may say, just to get your mind back right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and I'll, I'll I'll expound on that from my point of view on the offensive side. You know this better than most. Hey guys, I'm going to give a dummy call to the line. Do not listen to what I'm about to say. Exactly. Okay. Peyton Manning, yep. Omaha, Omaha. We learn. We come to find out if he just says Omaha. Just means hurry up because I'm pissed. Get that son of a bitch and snap it. Excuse my language, but yeah. okay. Guys, I got to make a dummy call because Fletcher Cox is in front of me and he knows what I'm doing. I, I, I got to do something to get ahead, TC, yep. okay? And mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. And, I, and look, I know we kind of went on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's good to – because, look, it, it's all going to be relative to the Saints. Look, you have a quarterback in Jameis that – I think does a lot better under center at times from a play action standpoint. Yep. So we'll yep. see. All right, let's wrap up the show though. Talk. We're gonna give a great, uh, big shout out to our good friends over at Believe and BetOnline.ag. Guys, use that promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Um, it's story time. I need to get a sound. I need to get a sound. You know, for story time. Like you know, but I have the spooky. You know, I have the breaking news one, you know, the applause. But we don't have, like, a, a story. It, it's story time. You know, like, Blue's Clues even have, yeah. we just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. <laughs> so, now we got TC story time. Where are we going tonight, man? We're going to Kansas City, Dallas, 
uh, Carolina, New Orleans. Where are we going? So today we're going to go back to Kansas City. Okay. And okay. this story is kind of a sad story. Oh, no. I thought it was going to be another dildo in a trench coat uh, story. <laughs> but it's a <laughs> Oh, the, hold on, very quick. The best thing was you. The, the best thing I've ever heard was when you, you said, and Blake, she was swinging that thing. It was, the <laughs> it was the shoulders that got me. It was the shoulders. But anyway, continue. So, so in Kansas, I'm quite sure everybody, you might not remember it, but it was in 2012. Uh, remember a guy named Javon Belcher? He yeah. Yeah, killing his girlfriend and killing himself. Oh no! Yeah, I, I remember that. In, Very sad. In front of the coaches. So this is like it's it's a very sad deal. Uh, I still think about this sometimes. Even now, yeah. I think about, it. and it was so crazy because me, a few other guys on the team, we had just, we was just at a concert with his girlfriend that night, that night. We was just at a Trey Song concert that night, you know, and then we wake up the next day, woke up Saturday morning. Saturday was the day when, so for practice, you just come in, uh, you get to the practice, you get there early, all you got is a walkthrough on Saturday. Right. So we get to the facility and the police would not let us in. They would not let us in and then Come to find out, you know, he had an issue. Something went on with him and his girl that night. He ended up, he ended up killing his girlfriend. And then he goes to the stadium, you know, and goes to the coaches. And he kills himself in front of the coaches, you know, right in the parking lot. You know, that, that was probably one of the toughest things that I had to deal with. And, and the reason why it was so tough is because for one, you're around this guy every day, all day. You got a relationship with him. Uh, you know him. And it's not like, oh, he's just, we actually had conversations. He was a cool guy. Everybody knew him. He played linebacker, you know, real good guy. But it got so crazy <clears throat> was the fact that, the fact that my, my wife was good friends with mm. his mm. girlfriend. So this is the kicker. So when we're home and we're talking about it, I couldn't vent about it. You couldn't talk about it at the house because on my end, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Javon is selfish for what he did, um, for him doing that to his girl and then taking his own life. I'm thinking to myself, he's selfish for it, upset with him about the whole situation and then doing it in front of the coaches. So I'm, I'm really upset about the situation. Everybody on the team is upset about the situation. But on the other hand of it, he is a brother of ours. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to see him again. So you're still missing him, but you also understand the severity of the situation. So when I'm home, I can't talk about it that much because at the end of the day, yeah, I may be mourning a brother of mine, but my wife is not trying to hear it mm -hmm. because in her eyes, he just killed one of her best friends. You know, so it was so much turmoil at the house you know in a situation that, that wasn't even involving us but it inadvertently it was involving us because he was teammates of ours and it was her friend but 
it was a situation, man, we couldn't talk about it at the house because we would end up getting in arguments about it, mm -hmm. you know, because she couldn't see my point of it, but I saw her point of it, but she couldn't see why I was still trying to, you know, what can I say, mourn mm -hmm. over a friend of mine, but not being angry. Now, of course, I was angry at some points, but at some point you're just mourning because you miss them. You know, and you with this guy every day. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was that was probably one of the toughest things I had to deal with, uh, not just as an athlete, but just in life. Period. And he left. He, they left behind uh, their daughter. You know, so it was, and and he did it in front of his daughter. You know, so it was just, it was a tough situation, man, all around. And then I remember we was. Uh, the coach was asking the players, we had to vote on it, all the captains, we had to vote on it uh, if we wanted to play the game on Sunday. You know, so we, we ended up playing the game on Sunday. I felt like it was more of a stress reliever for us to play that game on Sunday compared to not playing and just kind of sitting there and we're in our feelings. Of course, that was going to happen anyway, but I feel like the best decision we made was to actually play that game on Sunday. To kind of get our mind off, go get our mind off things, but you're not gonna get your mind off of it with a situation like that. But it was just a tough situation, man. And you know, and one thing about it is, you have to really appreciate your coaches, especially Coach Rack. Uh, Coach Rack, he really, because it was done in front of him as well. You know, so for him to continue to lead that team, and you know, and know what he just experienced. But he never he never wavered. He never showed any type of, you know, uh, what can I say? He, he never showed anything that he was that it affected him to the point that it affected the team. Mm -hmm. He was that stronghold for us, even though he was going through what he was going through with it. You know, so real big shout out to Coach Rack. But that was probably one of the worst things I've ever been through in my life uh, dealing with that. So kind of a sad story, but it was a story. Yeah, and, and look, yeah. I think that, and I don't know if he suffered with it, had it, whatever, but the only thing that I will say is parents, if you have children that play football um, and you think that they have a concussion and they're taking too many head injuries, um, TC, we, play, we played a violent sport, man. Yep. Okay. Yep. And – um. I know that fighting and and MMA boxing, but man, they're not getting they're not hitting themselves in the head with a helmet with a guy running full speed like Ray Lewis and hitting you in the head. Un unfortunately, and I'm not saying one's bigger than the other, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you see stories like Junior Seau. Um, right. You see stories that don't escalate to that place, but Vontez perfect. Remember when he knocked out. Mm -hmm. You know Antonio Brown. It we know that he had multiple concussions in his career already. Junior uh, Julian Edelman. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, man, when you're not right, you're not right. And 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 I think um, I'm not saying he is or isn't. I, I don't know. You know, but we do. And I and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But no. You know, I, I hate to use this, but sometimes people try to be over macho, you know, like over, mm -hmm. oh, you got to be a man. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you know what's being a man? 
talking about it and admitting that you have an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's look, I, and TC, I'm not going to ask you to put yours out there, but I went through a mental break when I was on my second ACL surgery. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, man, it's, it's tough, man. When you, and you probably have been in games where you're sore, where you can't move and your girlfriend or wife has to pick you up out of bed because you're so sore. You can't move. I mean, yeah. those have been those have been stories where, you know, like I'll take this hit and I'm on the bottom of the pile and I'm thinking, you know, you, you know what my thought was always, TC. What's that? Damn it, I'm gonna feel this tomorrow. Yep. You yep. know, like, mm-hmm. damn it, you know. And, and I'd be honest, man, I, I I love you wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks, but look, man, you do something stupid, I ain't taking that soreness for your ass no more. And that and and look, I I mentally broke. Yeah. And, and people are going to mentally break from all that. But look, yeah. I think it's a great – I think that the story that you went through, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is a great story. And I think God puts things in your path to be able to teach others and help others. Right. So I, I appreciate right. that, TC. But 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 you hit it right on the head, man. If, if anybody, former athletes or whatever it is, if you need help, get help. Uh, because uh, mental illness – is real mm-hmm. uh cte is real hmm. uh, all these things are real so if you're if you're dealing with you know mental issues you know seek help seek help you know like i said you're not too macho to do those things go get it because i showed up if i need it i'm going to get it i don't know if this is because i'm a man or i'm showing size of cte and i know it's not a funny joke but it's a joke nevertheless this morning i was trying to get to go to work <laughs> All right, and go to do some stuff, and I can't find my keys. Okay, I think this is because I'm a man. They're in my hand. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like I should have been a coach. You, every head coach cannot find their keys. <laughs> coach, where's my keys? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Every coach can't. Right. Coaches are coach. You know that you're a coach when you can't find your keys. Anyway, right. all right, guys, we will be back again probably Thursday or at minimum next Tuesday. But TC has been fun, man. Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about before we get out of here? All right, go hit that like button, man. Believe in Saints. Go hit the like button. Follow us. Uh, that's it, man. Hey, and maybe we'll be having some people up in here soon. Mm. You know, hey, hey, yeah. moving on yeah. up in the world. Yeah. And, and, and I'm gonna tag Drew in this. Drew, where you at, bro? I mean, we've been hitting you with the Drake hotline bling. Like, man, come on. Come on come the pod. On, Drew. We, yeah, we, Drew, we, we need on. to talk to you, man. Like, like, bro, <laughs> I go to walk-ons, you know, like I I I I pay I'm paying for your kids' college tuition with every hamburger I eat, you know? Like I mean, <laughs> come on, Drew. Anyway, all right. We'll see you guys again soon. You guys have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.